Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the personal development podcast for authors, entrepreneurs, and career professionals who are looking to level up and become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always, you know him as the super CEO, the business strategist extraordinaire, and all-around good guy, Ted Fells. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Yes, Thanksgiving was excellent. Probably ate a little too much. <laughs> yeah, still got those leftovers, though. You're still trying to squeeze another day, though. Like the food yeah, coma. The, the, the menu is not a mystery. That's right. There's that's no right. need to ask, what, you know, what, what's for lunch? What's for dinner? You know it's going to be turkey. Oh, you know it's going to be turkey. You know, okay. and, and some sides, whatever side remnants you have left. And some ham. Absolutely. And some ham. Absolutely. But I mean, you know, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays because it gives you that moment to step back and reflect on those things you're grateful for, right? You know, we're we're entrepreneurs and it's easy to talk, talk about the opportunities and what's missing. But you, sometimes you have to stop and reflect on all those things that you do have already. Mm and really be grateful. Hopefully everybody had a chance to take that time and do that and you enjoy the time with your family. And as you can tell, this is not your everyday podcast. No. no. Not in ten, I didn't even get a chance to warn Professor Pete when we were backstage <laughs> that, that, that we do things a little different, but he's about to find out. This is- He's gonna, he gonna learn today. He's gonna, <laughs> gonna, he gonna learn today we do it a little different. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, guys. Right. Absolutely. We do things differently. We're broadcasting live. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn and YouTube right now. Uh, this episode is also going to be recorded and downloaded to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and any of those other places you like to listen uh, to podcasts. And don't forget to share the show. Share the show. Share the show. Our, our goal is to help you to laugh, to learn, and ultimately to level up. If you feel like we've done that for you, make sure you share the show. And even if you don't feel like we did that for you, share it anyway. <laughs> share it anyway. Come back, give us another try next week. Maybe you missed it. Maybe you missed it, but whoever you shared it with can, you know, can, uh, can benefit. So share it anyway. Sharing is caring. There you go. Caring is caring. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I uh, certainly want to shout out Nancy England Adams, who's watching us live. And she commented, good evening to you. Uh, thank you for following us. And those of, those of you I see others that are, that are on line with us live, please make sure you're commenting. Bring your questions to the table. We'll definitely make sure we do our best to shout you out and get your questions asked in real time. That's the benefit being on this live you can get your you, we've got the man here that's that right. can answer your questions that's right that don't you hold can back talk to him live don't hold back mm -hmm. i mean i mean your most difficult questions <laughs> i mean no matter how <laughs> difficult they are put them in there we are here and ready to give them to the professor absolutely absolutely and then don't forget about the What Now movement. And I see quite a few people from the movement are watching us live as well. 
you haven't joined the what now movement facebook group please make sure you do so uh, today is marketing monday so there's an opportunity for you to go on and share the link to your business your venture your podcast your book um, and we'll definitely shout you out in there so ted yes eric i've got something that's on my mind please share eric all right cool well since you asked i guess i go ahead and share so, so i want to talk real quick about moving from chronic stress to crazy success mm. we're going to talk about today moving from chronic stress to crazy success i had that back in the day i had this saying and it was nobody can do it like eric right that was my saying i was, I was a district manager I had 17 locations. I had 500 employees working for me. And back pretty, then, so my, what's that, pretty, Ted? He was a pretty humble guy, it sounds like. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Can't you tell? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but no, so what, what happened was my, my picture of a leader was this person who had all the answers, had this authoritarian approach, was my way or the highway. That, that was just kind of my, my picture of what, leadership was this is years ago it was early in my career and so since i had all the answers or thought i did people would contact me with all their questions people that worked for me no matter how basic it was right so if it was an unhappy customer they would just send them my way no matter how basic and how simple the issue was right so so being the answer man it left me feeling secure self-confident and stressed out uh -huh. <laughs> yeah I, I was stressed out i mean it was just really i was hitting i felt i could feel myself hitting that chronic level and literally my first six months in that position i mean i was speaking to three managers a day about basic problems that they could have solved themselves and then one day i just got to this tipping point right and i'm talking to one of my managers and he's telling me about this customer who's got a $10 coupon that expired the previous day that wants to use it today and he's running it by me. Hey, what should I do? So finally, I'm like, look, let, let's, let's play a game. Okay, let's imagine that I'm not here and, and you had to make the decision. What would you do? Uh -huh. He says, oh yeah, you know, I think I would just go ahead and give it to him this time. All right, great. <laughs> you made the decision. Let me know how it goes. Click. Uh -huh. I got but but I, that says something to me because after that i really i changed my approach and i started putting things in their hands from that moment on and i told you that story for a reason and it has everything to do with chronic stress and i, I really want to make sure everybody gets the takeaway this is so important i know pete when he comes on is going to expound on this so, so this is really the part of the show where we just need your undivided attention if you're driving, I know you like to listen to us when you're driving. Pull over to the side of the road. I know you like to listen while you're in the gym on the treadmill. This is where we need you to pause. So, so Ted, is there anything else that we need the people to do? Put the leftovers down. <laughs> right. Normally it's put the ham sandwich down, but whatever the leftovers are, turkey, you know, stuffing, put, put it down. It's about to get good. Mm-hmm. That's right. Put the leftovers down, put the ham sandwich down, whatever you got, put it down. 
And because we're talking about how do you move from chronic stress to crazy success? Here's the big takeaway. If you remember this, it'll help you. Just because something has to be done, it doesn't mean that you have to do it. Mm. That's, that's very important. Just because something has to be done, it doesn't mean that you have to do it. That, that's something I had to learn in the hard way when I was on the verge of burnout. When, when you get people to do certain things, it'll, it is okay to delegate. Mm -hmm. delegation, delegation is not a bad word. That's just something to think about. Uh, and it has everything to do with what we're going to talk about today. And it'll help you to move from chronic stress to crazy success. Again, shout out to Dawn Bornheimer, who just chimed in with an amen. Certainly appreciate you there. And again, everybody else you're watching, please, let's, let's keep adding the comments. But, but our guest today is an example of somebody who's moved from chronic stress to crazy success. And... He has a testimony to share. I mean, stress almost killed him. Mm. I mean, there's something to say, but literally it, it almost killed him. Uh, he, he worked in a variety of sales and marketing and entrepreneurial roles, and they each had one thing in common. They were high stress. And he experienced this high stress to the point where he was diagnosed with stress-related diabetes and mm. ended up in the hospital a few hours away from being comatose. Hmm. I mean, he battled the negative effects of stress head on and developed a trademark stress relief model that motivates people to take action in only a few minutes per day. And certainly he's got a video blog series we're going to be talking about here. He's also the author of an international best-selling book called Lighten Your Day. Please join me. And welcoming to the 30 Minute Hour podcast, Professor Pete Alexander. <laughs> Eric, and Ted, thank you so much for that great Woo. intro. <laughs> and I totally, oh, totally man. agree with you about the delegation. And, you know, one thing that um, a lot of people ask me, they say, oh, well, I can't delegate. And I say, well, why not? And classic is they don't trust that the thing will get done, whatever has to get done. And so that's a problem of trust. It's not about delegation. You got to have the people on your team that you got to empower them to be able to make mistakes and to trust them that they're going to try and do the best job they can. So, and that's one of the things that's all in the mindset. You have to be able to delegate because you're right. If everything, you know, everything does fall on us as entrepreneurs, if we're the, you know, the buck stops with us, but if we're the ones that have to do everything, we're going to burn out. We're not going to have enough to, uh, hours in the day to be able to do it. Mm. No, I think you're absolutely right. So one of the things I've just discovered here recently is so if you don't delegate, you're an entrepreneur, you're leading a team, what happens is you find, you find yourself doing a lot of things that are outside of your core competency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? To translate, you, you find yourself doing things that you may suck at. Right, <laughs> right. Or, or how, about, how about the fact that you're spending your time doing menial tasks when you could be doing things that have much more big picture impact on the organization, but mm -hmm. you're yeah. stuck doing the stuff that could be delegated to an assistant. Um, and so, you know, once again, the time is the critical uh, resource there. And we don't, you know, that's the one thing that we all have the same amount of is Absolutely. the time. How we use it is going to make a big difference. 
No, very true. Very true. So we, we want to give the people some perspective. I want, I want to give them some context. So let, let's roll back the clock. You were an undergraduate at California State University. Uh-huh. So what were your career plans at that time? Back in the Stone Age? <laughs> it's like every time I think about that, that we're talking early 80s there. Um, so I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. I, you know, I'm a huge sports fan, Ted, you know, when I, when you first connected yeah. and I immediately saw the baseball hat, you know, and um, it just, it was something that I wanted to do. And the, when I started working on that degree, one of the things that came to my attention was the fact that um, to, in order to be a broadcaster, you have to move every three to six months to a bigger and bigger market. And as a kid, I, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family, and we did a ton of moves. In fact, uh, there was uh, in my uh, in just a few years, I had 14 different moves, and yeah. it just I was burned out on moving. And so I thought, uh, I can't do that again. And so um, I chose to get into business. Um, uh, and I got a minor in broadcasting instead. But uh, yeah, I, so it was uh, something that I wanted to do, but. Um, I just didn't have the wherewithal to be able to do that constant moving if I wanted to be a success in that, in the, you know, in broadcasting, because you have to start in a tiny little market and work your way up. And hopefully someday you make it into one of the, one of the big five. Wow. So, so you decided to pivot out of the broadcasting and get into sales and marketing Mm -hmm. and other entrepreneurial roles. So how did you get from, these roles to ultimately becoming this stress relief guru? (laughs) Well, so I spent most of my career in the medical device industry, which is pretty stressful to begin with. Um, One of the reasons why is because, especially in marketing roles, sales and marketing roles, um, there's two very large government entities that uh, come down on you, especially if you're working for a publicly traded um, medical device company. You've got the FTC uh, to um, for anything that has to do with the actual um, stock. And then you've got uh, the medical boards. And so it is one of the hardest things that you have to be able to manage. And, and so you have a high stress to begin with there. And then uh, add to it, uh, I uh, started, I bought a failing business and I turned it around and uh, uh, it became uh, very successful, still is a very successful business. Um, But balancing the act of working full time, uh, running that business, trying to raise children, uh, trying to be in the sandwich generation where you're managing um, the, the care of not only your kids, but also your parents, um, and also a, a, a marriage that was heading for a divorce. It was pretty much too much uh, uh, to handle. And, and in 2008, um, I got my first real indicator that uh, stress was not, it was just killing me. And that was when I got, when I had um, for uh, the, a month before I was diagnosed with stress induced diabetes, I lost 30 pounds in 30 days and I wasn't doing any kind of dieting. I wasn't doing anything special about my exercise. I was doing the basic stuff that I normally do, but the pounds start coming off, started coming off. And I was in my mid forties. 
Mm. You know, it shouldn't happen that way. And so at first I thought, fantastic. I haven't lost weight in 20 years. Um, and then all of a sudden, after that 30th pound came off, I thought, eh, I better have this checked out. And sure enough, stress-induced diabetes. But what's crazy about that was I didn't listen to my body about what stress was doing to it. Instead, I did what like so many people do, kept burning the candle at both ends for another 10 years until I ended up in the emergency room a couple hours from being comatose with a severe case of diabetic ketoacidosis. And for the listeners who, um, who are connected today or are listening to the download, that basically meant that my body was eating itself alive because mm. of my stress. And it was crazy. Here is the weird, you know, the thing that was absolutely most crazy. So I was wired to work my tail off. And my boss at the time, again, working in a medical device company, my boss at the time knew that I was in the emergency room and knew that I had been transferred to ICU. And on my second day in ICU, the only time I'd ever been there, I get this text at about 6 a.m. And it says, you have a webinar you need to run at 8 o'clock. What are you going to do about it? And, you know, what a surprise. I didn't have my work laptop with me in the ICU. And <clears throat> I had my phone. And I started... Um, pushing the envelope of that phone to try and get that webinar rescheduled. And the nurse who was on, was taking care of me at that time, pretty much a complete stranger. She comes over to me, she checks my blood. And at the time that I was admitted in the hospital, my blood sugar, my glucose numbers were so high. They were eight to 10 times higher than what was normal. They had to estimate that because it was way higher than the, the medical grade glucometers could read my blood sugars had come back down into more reasonable numbers. They were still high, but more reasonable. And all of a sudden, here I am sitting there trying to reschedule that webinar. She checks my blood and like a 90 degree angle, I started skyrocketing back up. And she says to me, as a matter of fact, she says, you realize that's what put you in this hospital bed in the first place. Mm. And, you know, a loved one could have told me this. Uh, some, a friend of mine could have told me this and I wouldn't have listened, but a complete stranger tells me this and all of a sudden it hits home and it was like this epiphany moment. And I realized, what am I doing to myself? I'm actually trading my health for my career and that's a really bad trade. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was a, you know, something that I really thought about that whole day and the next day. And then the day after that, I got out of the um, hospital and that afternoon I called up my boss and I resigned. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't figure, you know, financially, whatever, it didn't matter because if I'm dead, it doesn't matter. So I started focusing on my health. I did every single stress relief idea that I could find. And what I found was that most of them helped. Um, some of them didn't, but most of them helped. And some really interesting things happened. Not only did my stress go down, my glucose numbers as a diabetic went down, my weight went down and my energy level went way, way up. It was as if I discovered the fountain of youth. And here's the crazy thing, guys. 
if you saw a picture of me in 2008 when I first was diagnosed with stress-induced diabetes and you see a picture of me now, 13 years later, with the exception of some additional gray hair, I look younger today than I did 13 years ago. Wow. And that is the you know a perfect example of what stress can do to just uh, you know uh, speed up our our um, our aging process. It really is terrible. Wow, that, that's powerful. And like before you and I started talking, I, I wasn't aware of stress induced diabetes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so go ahead. So so if you were to ask a doctor, a doctor would say technically that is not the case. So there is an intermediary step. So whether it's diabetes or heart disease, whatever the chronic disease is, what happens is um, negative stress, continuous negative stress, what it does is it creates cellular inflammation in our bodies. And that cellular inflammation in our bodies is what creates the chronic disease of diabetes, heart disease, cancer, what, what have you. So, but I could say that, oh, well, I got cellular inflammation and it's like, okay, what does that mean? And stuff. Uh, so what I'm doing is, is I'm just cutting out that intermediary step, but technically, yes, it, 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 it's, it is stress-induced diabetes, stress-induced cancer, stress-induced heart disease. It happens because we are dumping cortisol, adrenaline over and over and over again into our bodies. And our bodies are the same bodies that were designed back in the stone age, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, back then our stress was, you know, that fight flight or freeze uh, scenario. Like, let's say if we have a saber tooth tiger or a T-Rex, we take care of it at that moment and then everything else goes away. But nowadays, what do we do? We worry about everything and mm-hmm. it's constant stress in our bodies. And it just, it, it, it's basically, the weakest link in your body is what's going to break. And in my case, even though there was absolutely no diabetes in my family, it was my pancreas that shut down. Hmm. Wow. So I know there's a thing called healthy. It's like a healthy level of stress. Yes. Right. And then there's also the chronic stress. So talk to people like, like what's the difference and like, how do you, how can the entrepreneurs that are watching us now know when they're starting to cross that line? It's a f- great question. Yeah, you know, we were talking earlier. We, you know, there's we're not trying to cut out all stress in our lives um, because there's good stress and there's bad stress. So good stress is uh, the term is U stress. It's E U S T R E S S, and U stress is the kind of stress that we all need to get things done. It's when we're working on a particular project or whatever it is with our work where we're happy, we're passionate, we're excited about it, but we need something to make sure we get it done on time. That is you stress, and we can have tons of that, and it will not have a negative effect on our bodies. What we want to avoid is the negative stress. It's mm. been called distress as well. It's a, it's a great term to use, um, but there's basically two flavors of, uh, of distress or, or negative stress. The first one is called rumination, and we've all done this, where we are guilty about something in the past, let's Mm. say. So either something we did or didn't do, and we continue to beat ourselves up about it. So we're we're constantly thinking, oh, if only I did this, or if only this didn't happen, or whatever it is. We've all had those. The problem is, 
we can't change the past. We can learn from it, but we can't change it. So to continue to let it fester inside of us, all it does is it creates negative churning in our bodies and mm. it's not any good. So, you know, it, what I always recommend for people is think about what it is in the past that's bothering you and then do something about it so that you can let it go, learn from it and let it go and not keep festering. So rumination is uh, one type of uh, negative stress. The other one is anxiety about something in the future that mm. may or may not happen. Think about it. We've all done this as well. Oh, something's coming up that we're worried about in the future. And we start thinking, oh my gosh, what if it goes bad? Well, when we continue to think about it going bad, what usually happens? It goes bad. Why? Because we manifest that, right? Our energy is all negative about it. What we should do is, you know, a great way to get over the anxiety of something in the future is to think about it, imagining uh, uh, that event 15 minutes after the event and imagine a successful outcome. If you mm -hmm. do that, then all of a sudden, all that anxiety about what's going on goes away and we get rid of that negative stress that could fester inside of us as well. Wow, then Jackie Deschamps says, such valuable information. The timing is great. The holiday season is a prime time. Mm absolutely jackie yeah mm. we do it i mean there's so many dynamics happening with it whether it's you know having to deal with difficult family members uh the financial burden of thinking about getting gifts for people or maybe you're the one hosting you know the meals and want to make everything right there's so many ways that that could churn but whatever it is just imagine that positive outcome 15 minutes after that dinner and everybody's saying that is the best meal this is the best family dinner we've had or you know christmas dinner or whatever it happens to be and yeah. it really can help alleviate that stress i got a solution right now i'm just gonna go over eric's house i'm not gonna bring nothing i'm just gonna come over and hang out <laughs> thank you for that professor pete i'm gonna i feel relieved you, you're gonna come empty-handed huh <laughs> Empty-handed, empty-handed. I'll be there. <laughs> I got to bring at least a pie. Come on. I can pick up a pie on it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, the, the, the holiday meals was always a big stressful one. And, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is it's not about the meal. It's about spending time with your, your friends and family. And mm -hmm. so uh, what I started a tradition many years ago where, you know, for uh for for uh christmas dinner or christmas i should say brunch or something like that we go to either denny's or black bear diner or something like that <laughs> it doesn't matter we're not looking at the quality of the meal it's to spend the time and why put the pressure on one particular person or a couple people to have to create the meal so eric, uh, eric, eric you don't normally do your family you don't normally do that don't do that this year i'm expecting a meal not trying to, <laughs> no not trying to go for to you not, we'll do that Denny's thing next year this year i'm coming over so, so you, you're creating a, a stressful environment for my household here <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no so so pete you, you hit on something i think is key because a lot of people i deal with and work with they had they fret over this whole worst case scenario thing. Uh -huh. Right. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if it doesn't go right? But 
if you check the record, like most of those things that you worried about, it turned out fine. Right. They never happen. Yeah. Right. If you had a presentation and you say, well, what if I bomb or what if the, most of the time the presentation went better than you thought and you got kudos. So I do, it's just the, to me, it's a waste of energy to, to fret about the worst case scenario. Well, it's a great example too. You know, our human nature is whenever we're faced with a stressful situation, half of our mindset goes to what we can control and half goes to what we can't control. Right. So what we can't control, all it's going to do is it's going to waste energy. So if we're worried about what we can't control, it's all this burnt energy on that and festering on something that we can't change. So what I always recommend to people is, 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 is if you're faced with a stressful situation, see if you can make create those two lists, the list of what you can control, the list of what you can't control, and then focus as much of your mind share on what you can control. Mm -hmm. Because if we focus as much attention on what we can control and basically what we can affect change in, guess what? Our stress level goes way, way down. And why bother wasting our time on the stuff that we can't control? I mean, uh, you know, a good example is um, uh, talking about my story being in, in the ICU and getting the text from my boss. The reality is that my boss wasn't the one that created that stress. The reality is I created that stress inside of me. Mm. You know, it wasn't, wasn't my boss sending me, you know, the, the, the sending the message, it's how I reacted to it. So if we can realize that it's how we react to it and respond to these situations, it can make all the difference in the world. Mm. No, that's great. That's great. I mean, if, if the only thing people would get from this is that they're going to stop obsessing on things they have no control over. I mean, I think that could be a total game changer. It is. It is. I mean, you know, think about that. Every one of us can think about a stressful situation, go back, relive it, and then say, okay, what was I stressing about? Uh, and then you could easily list out all these things that you couldn't affect change on you're worried about. I mean, a, a great example is COVID. I mean, how many people worry about everything about COVID, but how much of that is under our control? Mm. We can't control the government response. We can't control, um, shoot, we can't even, we can't control the person right next to us wearing a mask. We can't control somebody getting, you know, the, the vaccination, none of that. What can we control? We can control our mindset about it. We can control washing our hands, wearing masks, getting vaccinated if we choose to do so, whatever it happens to be. Think about what you can control. Focus on that. The stress will go down. You know, you know, one thing that's interesting and in being an entrepreneur for the years that I've been an entrepreneur and just realizing how much easier it is when you have the right team around. Oh, yeah. Like if you got the right team, you have a, a team that's just like, you know, whatever it is, we can figure it out versus the team that's kind of the the woe is me, woe is me, the sky is falling. Ted, what do we do, right? Uh -huh. Yeah, I've experienced both sides of it. And it, it's definitely, when you have that right team of people that just feel like, hey, we, we're gonna figure it out. It's not gonna be the end of the world. We, you know, collectively we've experienced some things. And like you said, uh, Professor, we've been able to, you know, get through those things in the past, but we'll, we'll get through this and it just, it makes for a much easier uh, working environment. 
Absolutely. And the reverse is true as well. When you have a bad team, one that's just the wrong people in the wrong chairs, oh my gosh, that, that can create even more stress. But, you know, one thing I'm sure, Ted, you, you realize with a great team, you know, you have to also take care of those people. You know, yeah. if you've got the right team, that is, whenever you have to replace somebody who's been a great team member, that takes a lot of energy. And it's, you know, there's all these different implications for the business. And, and you know, it's, to me, it's, it's always better to, to try and um, make sure that those people are happy and aren't even going to consider leaving unless, you know, it's just for whatever reason, you, we can't, as an organization, meet the needs of that person anymore but that i can understand but if you know when somebody says that they're leaving because oh i'm going to make more money somewhere else chances are it's not necessarily the money that might be one thing but nine times out of ten there is something else either the relationship that they have with you as as their their manager or relationship they have with some of the other people working in the organization you got you know those are the kind of things that as 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 the leader you have to figure out what it is to make sure you don't lose those key people great points absolutely absolutely i see dawn has a comment she says focus on being where your feet are and focus on what's in front of you. Yes, yes. Stay in the moment. That is another big thing. I mean, my uh, my wife actually is really good about this too. Um, you know, she'll talk to me, and if I'm if like if I'm answering an email on my phone or something like that, she'll stop mid sentence and she'll just stay quiet, and mm. and she'll just say, I'll, "I'll wait until you're done because I want your full attention." And that's the key thing. You know, we have to be present. You know, if we are having a conversation, let's say with a key team member mm. and our phone is more important than the conversation in front of us, that's mm. not, that what is that message that you're sending to the person who's reporting to you that whatever's on your phone is more important than the person that that person. And so, you know, one of the things that I've found is that like, if, if uh, my wife and I go out for um, a meal or something, the phones get turned off for the meal because, you know, how many times, how many times, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID, how many times have you guys been in a restaurant where you look at somebody else's table and they're all on their phones? They're not even having a conversation. And I think to myself, why bother going out to dinner just to get takeout, right? I mean. <laughs> that, that phone thing is something that I was out with the, friend colleague one time for lunch and and her uh her the battery in her phone died oh so she was like oh it's phone it's you know battery day. She, she put it in her purse then so we're continuing to talk and even eventually she she reached back in there to pull it back <laughs> now, unless there's some type of solar charge in, in that bag that phone is still dead <laughs> and yeah, I mean it's it's I mean it's a habit. I mean we just yeah. feel like there's, you know, and, and as we talk about you know kind of our, you know, years ago like, like, we didn't have it. Like we were, you know, we sat down, we ate, we talked, and that was it. And it's like out of nowhere these phones came out and like, yep, yep. that's 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 it. And, and you're just looking just to see something, right? And all the time it's not even an email. No, it's a text or something. Yeah, or something prompting. 
isn't yeah. it ridiculous how we have become, you know, so addicted to our phones and, mm. you know, so what I used to do when my kids were small and the, you know, the phones had come out and um, it was constant electronics is every year I would take the kids to a, um, a one week camping trip. And mm. the whole reason was not so much to be out in nature, love to be out in nature, but it was because at least back then, the uh, campsites didn't have Wi-Fi or, or usually uh -huh. didn't have cell coverage. So you had to detox. And it wasn't just for them. It was for me as well. And, you know, isn't it interesting how if you do this detox where you don't have your phone for one day, you all of a sudden, at least for me, it's like you go through this shakes about like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? But then you realize, oh, my gosh, the world didn't end. <laughs> right? right it didn't end and so you know it, it if you can it, even if you can detox for a couple hours a day in the evening you know turn it off or i like to to to, to suggest to people that they have an end of day anchor especially those of us that are working from home mostly um mm. it's harder to turn off the work computer mm. so you figure out something that prompts your mind to say this is the end of my day. And for me, my, uh, my wife works at the local hospital. She has to, she's in the lab. So she actually runs the COVID uh, tests. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine how stressed she's been for the last couple of years. Yeah. But when I hear the garage door open, that is my signal to say, okay, whatever I'm working on, if it's an email, finish that email and be done. That is my end of day anchor. And so if, if we can each find some sort of end of day anchor, whatever that happens to be, turning off the, you know, the, the laptop, um, you know, whatever it is, having dinner, whatever, whatever it is, that's the prompt. That's when you should be done with your work. Mm. Yeah, there, there's something that's called uh, phantom notification syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. So they they've studied these people, uh, like college students, there's a group of college students and like 80% of them said that they could feel their phone vibrating when it was powered off. Yes. Wow. It was, yeah. it's very similar to, um, what the mind does when, you know, for, for people who have lost the use of a particular limb, mm -hmm. they yeah. can have those phantom phantom pains on a limb that they have, you know, that, they don't have any feelings in um and it's it's really amazing what our minds will do if and it's it's all habit it's all habit you know the habit of using that leg or that arm in the past or you know when it comes to the phones we're constantly checking it constantly checking it you know like like uh smokers uh, often one of the things that they have to figure out is what do they do with this right because this is a habit so they have to figure something else to do with their hand um, that will change that habit. So, you know, the phone is another one. It's, it's just, you know, you pick it up and how, how many times have you thought, okay, you know, I want to be done with my phone, but you hear the buzz or the ping or whatever it is. And it's like, you just have to look. And I can't tell you how many times, uh, I would end up looking and going all of a sudden I have gone from being in the present to now being focused on whatever fire alarm has come on my phone. Wow. And I think, and the key is awareness, right? We just need to be aware that the phone and some of these other things can become triggers that end up putting us in a stressful place. Yes. Uh, so that, that's why we're talking about this whole thing. And, that, and you, you trademark this stress relief model, 
Mm -hmm. so, so what are some specific steps that people can take from your model to, re to relieve stress? Well, so the, the model is focused on what areas of our lives cause us stress. So it's called the LIGHT model, and that's a seven-letter uh, acronym. The L stands for your livelihood or your career, which obviously all of us have, um, you know, do our work. And, you know, for us that are workaholics, we often will be working more hours than we sleep. So having mm -hmm. some, um, some balance with at least one or two techniques is, is really important. The I is for your imagination, which is your conscious mind. And your conscious mind is basically 5% of your, of your brain. But what the mm -hmm. challenge is, is that 5% is where our inner critic is. And how many times have we listened to our inner critic and mm -hmm. it stopped us from doing something? So mm -hmm. it's a matter of being able to manage that. Um, the genius is uh, the G in the light model, and that's your unconscious mind. And that's actually the other 95% of your brain. It's where um, real change happens because it's where your memories are stored. It's where your habits are formed. It's where your, per uh, your perception of the world lies. So it's important uh, that in there, um, there's several techniques that you can do to uh, be able to um, manage the unconscious part of your, of your brain. Uh, H is for your physical health, which we've talked about earlier, because, you know, without your health, nothing else matters. Um, time, we talked about too, so important. It's um, the most important thing about time is, you know, once it's gone, we can't get it back. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend to people, once you figure out a particular technique that works for you to use it over and over again and start today. Don't wait until tomorrow, next week, next month. Don't procrastinate because you have to get into the habit. And mm. the, you know, the, even if it's a one or two minutes a day, it can be profoundly beneficial. You just got to start. And that's what's critical about time. E is for your environment. Um, and as we all can figure out, especially with COVID, where a lot of us working from home, your environment is very important. And so you need to make sure that, especially if you do work where it needs some um, quiet time, some concentration time, you want to have a place that's comfortable to sit. You want to be able to have some quiet time, you understanding from those around you. So making sure that your environment is conducive to your stress relief efforts. And the last one, the N, um, is for your network of relationships. And the, that one, basically, the people in your life matter. And what's important about that is when we're stressed, we tend to be less patient, more irritable, less able to listen, and show interest and empathy to those around us. So you mm. want to make sure that you don't take your relationships for granted. Because if you do, basically what's going to happen is, is you're going to end up alone and unhappy. So um, each of those areas have different techniques that can be used. Um, and, uh, you know, there's in the book, there's over 100 of them broken out into each of those, uh, those categories. But one of the ones that I find that works really well for everybody is when you start, you alluded to it, Eric, at the beginning of this uh, broadcast about Thanksgiving and having gratitude. The thing is, if we have gratitude for what we have. And I'm not talking about the big things like the fancy car or big house or whatever it is. It's about the things that are small, but really equally important. 
if we have gratitude for what we have and not fester on things that we don't have because we're in this um, scarcity mentality instead of the abundance mentality, what happens is, is that we not only send out positive energy out to the universe, we attract back that positive energy. And mm -hmm. uh, my wife and I actually have a gratitude exercise that we do every night. And basically, either she asks me or I ask her, what are you grateful for? And it's a recap that each of us does for our day. And we recount back about what it is that we, we were grateful for. And most of the time, it's for very small things. Mm -hmm. But what happens is, is it once again aligns us with ourselves. And what it does is it is a perfect recap to end the day on a very positive manner and allows uh, us to get to sleep. Uh, in a positive state. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, that's one having gratitude, whether it's for your business, whether it's for your family, your friends, your health, which is always number one on my, uh, my case, obviously, because of what happened to me, those things really are important to take notice of. And as you get into the habit of having gratitude, it becomes second nature and you tend to have a more positive outlook on other things that then will attract more positivity towards you. Hmm. No, great comments. Well, I sure. think it's interesting when you talked about, you know, just those, you know, those little things. I think that with all of that we've all dealt with over the past couple, you know, it seems like a couple forever, right? It seems like, mm -hmm. it's forever. but it's like, there are things that just being able to walk around, without a mask. <laughs> I mean, just being yeah. able to breathe freely. Like, I mean, that was something that was like, and I got to wear a mask all the time. Like, what is this? Right. Or just being able to just go places or be around your friends or hug or whatever, you know, hopefully people are washing their hands anyway, but you know, just any, <laughs> any of these things that you just, you know, you had to just start doing that, you know, in the past, you just, you know, you didn't even think about it. You just mm -hmm. you got up and you went to the store and you grabbed what you wanted to get. And, and you, you know, and then now, you know, you just have to think, you know, you just get to a point that you're thinking twice about, you know, so much and you're just appreciative of the, of the little things. I mean, this year, Thanksgiving, I think more families got together than last year, right? And, and I think, unfortunately, sometimes I think you could just kind of jump right back into how it was before. Like, this is how it always has been. But you're not thinking that last year at this time, you know, you're doing virtual Thanksgiving, right? You know, and this year you're like, oh, everybody's the same. People are together, you know, everything was like it was 2019. Yeah. Know? So I think sometimes I think, you know, we may not stop to really think about it, even when it's taken away from us for, you know, for some time. And, you know, once we have it back, it's kind of like, Okay, that's just the way it is. Yeah, it's it, you know it's such a good point that you make, Ted. I mean, we shouldn't take it for granted. I, I look back at uh, Christmas last year, and it was mm. the first time I had to do a virtual Christmas, mm. and so my grown children, it's the first time in their lives that I didn't spend Christmas with them, yeah. and so you know, yeah, we were on Zoom and doing opening presents and stuff like that, but it was definitely, you know, I was grateful for having that mm -hmm. time, but it, I, I wanted to, you know, give him a hug, as you said, and I, mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. And it, it, it was really something. Um, and 
I, you know, for me, that whole level of, of realizing some of the things that we took for granted in the past, the hugs, you know, going to a restaurant. I remember when my wife and I went to our first restaurant after they started to reopen from, from COVID and all my sensories were taking over, you know, before I, you know, things like the buzz in a restaurant and hearing people talk and stuff like that. I, it just was kind of like, yeah, whatever. But being in a restaurant for the first time after whatever it was, three months or so, it was like I was soaking it all in mm. because it, that's what I wanted. I wanted that, that buzz that, you know, that doesn't come from getting takeout and bringing it back home, right? I mean, it's just, uh, it really is. And I, and I, hope, I hope that um, the most of the people will take that, uh, that advice and realize that, hey, this was a reminder. These last couple of years were a reminder not to take things so for granted. Yeah. You know, really. If we can do that, we'll have a lot more. If, if we can have a, you know, that classic attitude of gratitude, if we can have that and really live that, we will generate more positivity towards ourselves. But if we look at it about, oh, you know, I, you know, this is going to be another expensive Christmas or, uh, oh, I ate too much at Thanksgiving and I now I got to exercise and stuff like that. If we take the negatives, um, what are we going to attract? We're going to attract additional negativity. And a great example of that is, um, you know, when, whenever, let's say if we're running late, have you ever done this where you're running late, you know, you got to get to a certain place. What happens? You're going to hit every red light on the way, aren't you? <laughs> it's just the way it is. So, you know, and so what I do, you know, if, is if I'm uh, uh, traveling anywhere where it's a likely, like I there's a bridge that I have to cross uh, whenever I head like to Seattle. And if that, you know, I get across that bridge and I always say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because mm. if that drawbridge opens, it's going it. to be an extra an hour. <laughs> that's it. That's that's so funny. Because I was just thinking about that as I was saying to you all earlier when I was leaving my office. I was like, okay, I got to get home. And I know that it's going to be traffic because the game is playing. And it was traffic. But yeah, I, was yeah. just calm. I was just calm. And I was just riding. Next thing you know, everything just opened up. When I could have just totally freaked out and been you know, texting Eric and saying, "Hey, you know, I'm not going to be on time," and I, you know, I got here. You know, thank God with plenty of time to spare. So you're right. Yeah, and the reason that happens is because what we're doing is we're sending out to the universe. If we're stressed about, oh my gosh, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. You know what we're saying to the universe? you want to be late. <laughs> it doesn't know positive or negative. It only knows what your, what your statement is. And so it says, oh, okay, you want to be late? I'm going to stick red lights in front there of you. you. <laughs> I can help you with that. You want to be late? Exactly. You make that happen. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. And, you know, but, you know it, it's interesting. And it's, it's one of those things we talk about being like gratitude, and I think sometimes people think it's a cliche because they hear it a lot. But <laughs> I, I'm I just think it's a fundamental thing that if you really operate from a place of gratitude, you make that your starting point. Just that in and of itself will help you to experience less stress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now your, your, your mindset is shifted. So I, I just think that's so important. So I'm glad you're you're talking about this 
Uh, let, let's talk more about your book. Sure. Uh, Lighten your day. It's this international Amazon bestseller. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> That's right there on the screen. There you go. Awesome. So, so what are some other stress relief tips that you have from the book to share with people? Sure. Another one, and you guys talked about this at the beginning uh, about, you know, pull over if you're driving. So this is one for to pull over when you're driving. I really? love, I love visualization and this can be done any place as long as like, even if you're in your car, pull over. <laughs> but what you do is um, follow this with me. Both of you guys close your eyes, take a nice deep breath, a breath in. And I want you to go in your mind to a place you like to relax. Maybe it's the beach, maybe it's a park, maybe it's a lake, maybe it's your backyard, wherever it happens to be, maybe the spa, whatever it is, go there now in your mind and take in all of your senses. So what do you feel? Do you feel the sun on your face? Maybe the sand or the grass under your feet. What do you smell? Do you smell the fresh air? Maybe the lotion from the spa? And what do you hear? Do you hear the water splashing on shore? Maybe the wind blowing through the trees? And what do you see? Do you see the blue sky? Maybe the green of the trees or the grass? Whatever it is, take it all in and then take another deep breath in and open your eyes. It's just a simple grounding exercise. And we can do this at our desks. We can do this in our car again, as long as we're not driving. Um, we, wherever it is, all it takes is one minute and you imagine yourself going into your happy place and engage your senses. That's what makes it feel real. So mm -hmm. really simple ex uh, exercise that we can all do. Professor P, that was great, but you almost lost me, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> my, my happy place I'll just share it is getting a massage, oh. which puts me to sleep. Okay. So, I got a like I got a massage early earlier today. <laughs> it was so bad. I I went to sleep and I and I was dreaming about getting a massage. That just tells you how much <laughs> getting a massage. I told my massage therapist and then I was like, I had a dream about getting a massage while you was giving me a massage. That <laughs> so just tells you how much massages make me happy. So that was just a good thing. But you had me. I closed my eyes for a minute. I was like, man, I'm about. To if he doesn't say open your eyes back up, <laughs> I'm gonna be done. No, but that, that's great. That's why you only make it one minute. <laughs> oh man, another couple seconds, I was done. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's very 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 powerful. Um, and a, another one that is really good, especially for us as entrepreneurs, is um there's a light meditation we can do and you don't have to close your eyes on this Thank one, Ted. You. So, right. um, what it, what it's, what, what, what it is, is it's a, um, it's a meditation, uh, called Hakalau uh, and it comes from the Hawaiian culture. And what happens is 
you, whether you're sitting at your desk, maybe you're standing, let's, let's say you have to give an important presentation and you're worried about it, or you have to have a difficult conversation with somebody. If you do this right before the event, it can be really powerful. And again, it only takes about one minute. And what you do is you focus first on something that is stationary on a wall in front of you. And preferably, you pick something that is just slightly above eye level. So go ahead and grab a spot there. And what I want you to do is just focus on that spot. And as you stare at that spot, let your mind go loose and focus all of your attention on that spot. And you'll notice that within a matter of moments, your vision begins to spread out and you see more in your peripheral than you do in the central part of your vision. And what you want to do is pay more attention to the peripheral even more than you would on the central part of your vision. And you stay in that state for as long as you feel comfortable and you notice how it feels. And then go ahead and close and open your eye and notice that you're more grounded, more calm, and you're ready to take on whatever that activity is going to be. It's just a very simple act activity called Hakalau. And these are the things that you can do that can help you just ground yourself. Because if we're constantly stressed, we're going to make, often we're going to make the wrong decision. But if we ground ourselves, we can actually make a better decision. Yeah, but Professor Pete, we're going to have to get like the recording though, because your voice kind of puts you there too. It's kind of like, you're getting sleep. You're, you're relaxed. You're relaxed. I'm like, I am relaxed. I am relaxed. Right? So, 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 so Olga Alexander said, great visualization exercise. She said she smelled the salty air at the beach. Oh, wow. There you go. There you go. That's awesome. Back to yeah. work, Olga. Back to there, work. I there you see. <laughs> you, you bring those senses in, Ted. You said about the massage and stuff. That oh, It man. works. It really yeah. works. Because if you just listen without imagining your senses, engaging them, it doesn't work as well. Mm. Yeah, this, this is excellent. I mean, it, it, it's good that you're giving people specific tools and specific strategies to help them to relieve stress. And this is one I would just encourage everybody to go back and listen to. Make sure you got the gist of these visualization exercises because it can truly be life changing. So, so we're coming down to this to our final segment. It, it's a it's a new segment. It, it, it was really a renamed segment. We've done it before, but it's a renamed segment. We call it "Write This Down." Mm-hmm. That's right. The new segment is called "Write This Down," and this is the part of the show where we each leave a closing thought that we want people to write down as a takeaway from this show that they can go back and use in their business and in their lives. So we'll start with you, Professor Pete. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Hold, hold one second. So so this right here, Professor Pete, it's one of those, those moments that you do get a little stressed out when your partner comes up <laughs> with a new segment. <laughs> a new segment that you didn't know was going to be a new 
Exactly. <laughs> so okay, now Ted. I, I myself into a, I was like, what is he about to say? What's this? Ted, news? Ted, go to happy place or go right, to do right, I'm, about to, I'm, about to, I'm about to close my eyes and go okay. back to the Go back to the Getting the massage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Write this down. The new segment, write this down. I like that. So, so you want me to go first? Yes. Yeah. So for me, what I would say is don't trade your health for your career because mm. that's a very bad trade. Write that down. Hmm. Don't trade your health for your career. Wow. It's a very bad trade. No, that, that's great advice. So mine on this uh, for you to write down is always look at the glass as half full versus half it. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no matter how bad your situation is, there's someone that would gladly trade places with you in most yeah. most cases. And so if you go into it, you know, it says uh, Professor Pete said with that mindset of gratitude in that situation, you know, more times than not, you know, you you're gonna be okay and and you'll just be in, in the in the right mindset. And not just for yourself, but for others that you're around. People want to be around you if you're that one all the time that can find, you know, a, you know, a positive way to, you know, deal with the situation. So again, always look at it as the glass is, is half full. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Now, I mean, that you definitely got to write that down. Right, what Professor Pete said. Right, what Ted said. You may think about it. Right, most of the time you get what you expect. Mm-hmm. So, so if you expect something bad to happen, you're gonna get bad outcome and that kind of ties in with my my write this down and i don't know where i heard this but i I think it makes total sense worrying is like praying for what you don't want Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because whatever you're worried about is more likely to show up in your life and on your doorstep because you're focused on it yep write that down Write that down. Write that down. That wasn't too bad, Eric. I was a little nervous, but one day I'm going to just make up a little segment. I'm going to pop up and be like, sing your favorite song. Okay, Eric, you're going to go first. You're going to go first. Well, I'm glad that there's not a singing one on today's show. Sing your favorite rock song. Right, you can go first. I'll be like, wow, I can't understand why we have so many one-star reviews all of a sudden. We were doing okay to episode number 142. It might have been the singing. It might have been the singing. It could have been. You never know. This, this has been great. This has been great. Yeah, absolutely. It's been yeah, an absolute pleasure. We certainly want to thank you, Professor Pete Alexander, for what you shared and What's the best way for people to connect with you to get more information? Sure. Uh, just have them go to my website, PeteAlexander.com. I've got uh, a whole bunch of uh, video blog posts there of different ideas that take literally one to five minutes each. And so the great thing about that is, you know, if one doesn't work for you, big deal. Took you one to five minutes, try another one. That's really? all. The, the key is find something that works for you and run with it. That's the, that's the key. That is great. That is great. 
Absolutely. Again, thank you to uh, Professor Pete Alexander. And again, hopefully we helped you to laugh, to learn, and to ultimately level up. But please make sure you share the show. Share the show. Share the show. Sharing is caring. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sharing is caring. And like I said a little while ago, this is definitely a show you want to go back and listen to the replay. You want to go to Apple Podcasts. You want to go to Spotify. That way you can put these exercises to use. You can apply the some of the things we asked you to write down. And it, it'll be a great thing for your life. So this concludes this week's episode of the 30-Minute Hour Podcast. And until next time, have a great one.